Welcome to the Why the West is Failing podcast. I'm Brendan Chilton, Director of the John Mills Institute for Prosperity, and I'm talking with John Mills, entrepreneur, economist and businessman, about his new book, Why the West is Failing. The UK economy is in dire shape, facing a cost of living crisis and a looming recession. If we don't tackle this problem, living standards will continue to fall and we won't be able to invest in our public services and pay for the costs of issues such as climate change and social care. John's new book outlines the economic lessons we can learn and the policies we should adopt to re-energise our failing economy. So in this final episode, we will be exploring Chapter 6, which highlights what is at stake between the East and West if the current disparities in growth rates continue. And John joins me again. So John, if we continue to live in a period of economic stagnation, how might the lives of those people in Western countries worsen? Well, I think there's a real danger that living standards will go down over the next decade if we're not very careful. And the reason for this is that there's a very heavy cost coming down the track towards us. We've got climate change, maybe 3% of GDP as the cost every year, extra healthcare costs, extra social care costs, pensions and ageing population, more money required on training, maybe more military expenditure. If you add all this all up together, it comes to something like 10% of our national income, which is just going to fall on living standards. So I think that we're going to be far better off if we can get the economy to grow, to absorb some of these costs, than if the hit is taken just on living standards going down and down, which I fear is where we are at the moment and what we're looking forward to over the coming years. So in a nutshell there, we're going to have more strains on the public purse with demands for more spending on education, as you said, climate change, etc. But the cake, if you like, that we've got to cut up is getting smaller. Uh, And our politicians have really not got a plan to grow that cake, grow the economy, so we've got that money to spend on essential services. Well, I think that is the problem. And I think most of these additional costs, which I've just outlined, fall on the public sector rather than the private sector. Mm. The result being that you're then faced with some really unenviable choices between putting up taxation, which is already quite high in this country compared to what it was in recent years, uh, but also there's risks of inflation that living way beyond our means, big balance of payments, deficits, having to borrow more and more money from abroad, having to borrow more and more money generally, and more instability. And I think we really need to redress our economy to make sure that doesn't happen. So looking again, John, to China, I mean, they're obviously, as we said, the workshop of the world at the moment. What might China's position on the world stage look like in the future if they continue to enjoy the current rates of growth that they're having around 4 or 5% per year? Well, I think it's very easy to confuse what happens if just taking one year to the next, where you might have a change of 1% or 2% or maybe even 3 or 4%, and looking at the cumulative effect this has over a period of, say, 10 years. Or 20 years and I mean the differences are absolutely staggering uh, in the West our standard of living is now roughly twice what it was in 1980 whereas in China it's about 20 times higher now if this goes on happening for an, another 10 or 20 years you're going to see an absolutely massive change in the relative power and influence of the countries involved and I think this opens up real big questions and not only on just the economics, but on the whole question about how you run the economy. Do you have an authoritarian government? Do you have a democratic one? And are we really going to be able to go on defending democracy if it just doesn't produce the goods economically? 
So I think there's some really very, very big fundamental issues at stake here. And of course, attached to that, China will be able to spend more on things like international development, on trade, on defence and training in their own country and around the world. So their influence on the world stage will vastly exceed that of the West's. Well, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think the prestige of democracy and the traction of it is going to be eroded away if autocracy and, and authoritarian regimes like the one in China are much more successful than we are economically. One thing we can take away is that reviving manufacturing is essential for defending Western democracy. So, John, in short, why do you think the West is failing? I think the West is failing because it's allowed itself to become incredibly uncompetitive in manufacturing, which is actually the real driver of economic growth. And by doing this, we've allowed ourselves to be overtaken by all these countries along the Pacific brim quite unnecessarily. It could have been different, and it ought to be different. John, thank you very much indeed, and thank you to everyone who's listened to this podcast series. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to buy my new book, where I discuss all these issues in more depth, please go to whythewestisfailing.com.